welcome to the Marketing with Mavericks podcast, where I, Shantanu Chandra, your host, pick on the best trains from the marketing realm. Today, we have a very special guest who lived in the advertising sphere for over 26 years. Ex-CEO of The Martin Agency, a platform through which he created various advertising strategies for multiple Fortune 500 companies. Let's welcome Matt Williams. Hello, Matt. How are you today? I'm great, Shantanu. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Good. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I am the Curriculum Innovation Fellow here at the at the Mason School at the College of William and Mary, which means I'm spending my time developing curriculum for the master's program in marketing as well as uh, teaching some marketing classes. I'm also working as a brand consultant and a company advisor for a few different companies around the country. And I'm the former CEO of the Martin Agency, which is a, an advertising agency in Richmond, Virginia. So how did you get yourself into marketing? I was completely the benefit, beneficiary of nepotism, I'm proud to say. My father was a professional marketer for years and years and years, so I kind of grew up around it. Okay. And, uh, and, and I was always interested in it. But I ended up going into the agency side of the marketing business rather than the client side of the marketing business. And I did that because I really liked the combination of business problem solving that marketing requires and creativity. And, and as I got to know the way that happened in an advertising agency, I got really excited about being part of it because it's, th- those agencies are populated by people who are paid to think differently about problems and to see things from different points of view and different angles and to bring things to life in ways that they haven't been brought brought together before or brought to life before. Okay. Tell us more about what the creative side and the ad agency side is and the other side is. The other side is, you know, we're, we're in business to, to, to grow revenue, to grow companies, to contribute in a positive way to the economy and the lives of the people that interact with those companies, right? So that's like the business side of that. I like okay. solving business-oriented problems. But the creativity side of it is, how do I understand consumers? How do I understand brands? How do I add value to brands in the minds of consumers in a way that they've never seen before? And how do I communicate that value and bring it to life, whether it's in advertising or events or web and mobile content? How do I do that in a way that's never been done? I love the kind of the making side of that, the creativity side of that, brought to bear against business problems. How much does the data get involved with the creativity side? Because nowadays we see that everyone's talking about data even in the marketing side of it, and they say analysis and research is very important. So how much is yeah. that important in the agency side, the ad side of it? It's getting Shantanu to be a very big and important part. And as big data has kind of taken hold, mm-hmm. and everybody in business is realizing how important it is and how powerful it can be, agencies are, resu- are, are realizing that too. So. It's incumbent on agencies in the advertising business to be able to understand data, to be able to, to synthesize it and pull insights out of it okay. that are interesting and that can be turned into creativity. And I think that's the biggest challenge companies have now is that they've got so much data, they're having trouble finding the nuggets in it. Right. Um, and that's where, that's where big data can get very, very powerful. Big data in and of itself is just a bunch of data. But when you have people who are smart enough and insightful enough to find really interesting things in that data and do things that have never been done with it, that's when it gets really, really powerful. Professor Edmiston showed us a video. One of the automobile companies wrote a code to automate the script for an ad. Oh, yeah. I saw this. Yeah. So I was so amazed. It scares the heck out of agencies. <laughs> and I do believe that there's there are things that computers can do, that technology can do, that AI 
can do that we've only scratched the surface of. It's amazing. I do believe there are things that it will never be able to do. Mm-hmm. It can't intuit. It can't, it can't have an inspiring idea. It can crunch data in increasingly mind-boggling speeds and increasingly mind-boggling ways. And it can put that data together in, in smart and rationally based ways. But it can't invent things. Humanity has to invent things. Humanity has to intuit things. Humanity has to be inspired by something. Machines can't do that. And I think what will happen is that the creative aspect of marketing will become more and more informed by data and more and more enabled by technology. But it's always going to be founded on somebody with a pulse having an amazing idea. So when you say pulse, so how do you see the data actually following that pulse? Is, is it both needs to go hand in hand? Or is it just when, when it's a creativity, it's just purely a streak of uh, luck? It has to go hand in hand with the data. Creativity has to be rooted in something. And that's right. always been true. Even if you think back to the 50s or 60s, right. um, the most creative advertising was always rooted in something, something that was true, something that the people who made those ads saw that other people hadn't seen. But it's always rooted in something that's true. And what data does is help us find things, more things, that are true, that are maybe more hidden. Maybe validate the idea. Yeah, either validate it after the fact or inspire it beforehand, right? Or inspire the person who's coming up with that idea beforehand. But I think what, what data can do and what technology can do is help us find interesting truths that were hidden below, way, way below the surface. And that's really cool because those things can make they can spark a creative idea in a human being in a way that it never could before because we never would have found those things. If, if I would be able to restate that in one statement, uh, you would say AI is able to give you the visualization and the insights, but the key actionable steps are still on a human to do. Exactly. Yes. Take those insights and make something out of them. That's what a human being can do. Gotcha. Moving on, what is the most maverick task in marketing you have done or have seen some entity perform? Gosh, there's so many. I can think of two instances in my career that I'm really proud of because I think they were maverick. I think they were, uh, I think they were different and surprising. One was during my time at Martin. I was, I was at the Martin agency for 26 years. In the last five years of those 26, I was CEO. But during 23 of those 26 years, I worked with the Geico and Geico revolutionized the way insurance not only was delivered from a structural standpoint by inventing direct insurance, they completely revolutionized the way advertising built the insurance okay. business. It, they, they created a voice that was interesting and fun and accessible and not laden with the kind of gloom and doom of the old advertising for, for insurance, which was all about, you've crashed your car, your house burned down, right. don't worry, the, the agent will take care of you. Geico created a voice in the insurance business that was fun and interesting and lighter and more accessible and more engaging. And that was revolutionary for that business. Nobody had ever talked about insurance that way. Um, And now, because of Geico, you see Flow with Progressive, you see Mayhem with Allstate, you see insurance companies talking in completely different ways. And Geico did that, changed the category completely, and built that business to be incredibly successful. I mean, Geico is an incredibly successful company. They're owned by Berkshire Hathaway. And the, the best quote I ever saw from Warren Buffett was, when I count my blessings, I count Geico twice. <laughs> That's cool. That's how marketing can help build a business. The other one was I was very involved with the UPS company, the, the shipping company mm-hmm. and logistics company. And we created a campaign for them about 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, 
that was what can Brown do for you? And it was a way of talking about that company that they had never talked about themselves in a way they'd never talked about themselves. The idea of harnessing the the latent power in this color brown and attaching it to UPS in a way that made people think differently about this company and made them understand that they don't just move brown boxes and drive brown trucks. They handle multi-billion dollar logistics systems, culturally impactful campaign so that changed is, the trajectory of a company. How is uh, the company, Martin Agency, involved with these two? We were the uh, we were the agency of record for creative strategy and advertising. So we developed the the consumer insights around it. We turned those insights into communications and marketing okay. and brand strategy, and then we executed the advertising based on that strategy. So Martin was the one who actually came up with the lizard. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, we developed the gecko and we developed the caveman and the the Geico television commercials and web content that you're seeing. We we made. Is there any company you feel right now is doing a maverick task? I think there is so much maverick disruption going on in business right now that it's fascinating to watch. It's fascinating to watch companies like Uber and Lyft mm -hmm. change the way, disrupt a taxi business. It's fascinating to watch Airbnb fundamentally change hotels and travel. It's amazing to watch low-cost air carriers like JetBlue come in and change the way we think about flying. I think that guys like Richard Branson, who have made an amazing career out of looking at categories that are stuck in old ways of doing things and coming in and turning them upside down, that's fascinating to watch. Especially the way Richard Branson does his marketing. I mean, he's the textbook maverick. He's the yeah. definition of maverick. That's what he does. He's built his business model on it, yeah. of looking at categories, whether it's cell phones or, or music or travel, whatever it is, and saying... I'm going to come in and blow this thing up and make it the way it ought to be made because over time it's turned into something that nobody recognizes or values anymore. Right. That's really smart. That's a maverick. You know, if you do it right, you become a virgin. Richard Branson. Yeah. It's amazing. Where do you see the future of marketing heading? I think there are things that will always be true of marketing no matter what happens in the world around it. And those things are people using knowledge and insights about consumers to fill needs that haven't been filled to create products and create messaging, surprise and delight people and add value to their lives. That's what marketing's about. How do you create and communicate new sources of value in people's lives? Always going to be true and always should be true. The way we do that is going to change completely. And it already has. If you think about the changes that have happened in the marketing landscape in the last five to ten years, they're monumental. Look at the functions that have to be performed by a marketing organization and the way they develop products and the way they communicate with people and in the way they brand themselves inside their own company. There are jobs being created every day that, that we had never thought about. Community management jobs. and Internal marketing. Internal marketing. I mean, the way we, we can create experiences using technology and virtual reality that make consumers literally the center of a brand. That's amazing. And those things are only going to accelerate. We can't anticipate what those are, right. but we can learn about them and we can get excited about finding new ways to kind of create and communicate this value in people's lives. That's what marketing is about. But the ways in which we can do that are going to change and be fascinating and amazing and disruptive all the time. I see that there's a gap from January to... What did you do then? Wow. Uh, yeah, I... When I left Martin after, you know, after 26 years at one company in one industry, I took the time to kind of lift my head up and look around. 
And there's some amazing things going on in the world. Amazing things. I did get engaged with some with some companies to consult with them on brand strategy, do some consumer research and brand strategy work with them. I got involved with uh, a couple of companies on an advisory basis. But I took the time to take a deep breath and kind of decide what I want. What do I want the next chapter of my career to look like? Okay. Um, I got engaged here at William and Mary, and that's been amazing. It's been awesome. So it's it's really cool. I'm as excited as I've ever been about marketing and about work and about what I can do with it. Did you learn anything very different in the marketing realm in those uh, seven to eight months? I, I did, and, and that's a that's a great question. I I think it it gave me the time and the space I needed to broaden my perspective about what's possible. And I started engaging with startup companies and looking at business and marketing from a different perspective than the one that you might have when you're the CEO of an ad agency. And it got me more excited about what marketing can do and what it can be and what companies are capable of doing. So it, it, it definitely broadened my view in a way that, that was really, really fun. And then coming here to the college, interacting with students, with, with people like you who are who are really passionate and really exciting about what marketing can do and really creative and innovative about how they think about building companies and building value. And that's inspiring to me. It's been really, really fun. And then you're surrounded by these brilliant professors and brilliant uh, you know, executive partners and adjuncts who have amazing experience in all kinds of parts of business. And yeah. Where do you see the new marketers fitting in the new ever-evolving marketing universe and what should an entity do to stay ahead? Honestly, Shantaru, I think that I think the the key to staying ahead in marketing as as time goes on and as things change faster and faster is experimentation. You you have to be fearless in your willingness to try things, and you have to acknowledge that when you try some of those things, most of them may not work, but every one of them, whether they work or not, is a learning opportunity. And if if you approach marketing with a learning mindset rather than a mindset of I'm not going to push play on this thing until I know it's perfect. You're never going to know. Now you have to experiment, and you have to learn in a completely iterative and open-minded kind of way. And if marketers are fearless in their willingness to do that, they'll be able to progress so much faster, and they'll 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 learn things faster. They'll they'll move their company forward faster. They'll connect with consumers in new and different ways, and and with that learning mindset, they can move their business forward faster. So I think learning and experimentation have to be at the core of every marketing behavior right now. So do you think the Fortune 500 uh, companies are ready to experiment? Not as ready as they need to be. Okay. And I think it's what you see when you when you see industries being disrupted by right. up-and-comers right. um, rather than established. Established companies become victims of their own success because they develop ways of doing things right. that have worked and have worked and have worked over the hundreds of years that they've been exi- in existence. All those things they've learned have to be unlearned. And that's a hard thing for a company to do right. because it's scary. And the stakes are really high when you're dealing with a multi-billion-dollar organization that's that's responsible for the life and livelihoods of families right. and employees of thousands of employees. That's a high-stakes decision, but they have to get good at it because if they don't, they're going to get disrupted by people who are fearless. Big companies to survive and thrive have to reignite that kind of fearless strand of DNA right. that they might have had when they started. I think what I would do, I might designate a part of my company whose job is to think of ways to put me out of business. If I'm a Fortune 500 company, I want a group of really, really smart people operating outside of my headquarters building, doing a red team exercise constantly, constantly telling me how I'm going to go out of business. Who's going to beat me? Who's going to come up from behind and take my take my business away? Who I don't see. I think I, I need a red team. 
I interned with Cummins this summer, and I was in a team which did exactly that. I, I think it'll happen. And, and there are really smart, innovative, established companies who have done a really good job. But Walmart did a great job of it. They yes. set up a dot-com unit out in California, away from Bentonville, away from the kind of gravitational pull of the, the mothership, right. to innovate and do things differently. You know, CarMax is doing it. CarMax in Richmond has, a, has an innovation hub that's away from the headquarters. It's a smart thing to do. Finally, do you have any special nuggets for my listeners? Oh, man. I, if I would say anything, it would go back to that theme of experimentation and, and a beginner's mindset. Okay. You know, it, have a beginner's mindset all the time. Wipe the slate clean and look at things fresh. And don't be afraid to try things that seem impossible. When you have 65 to 75% belief in something, mm-hmm. go do it. That's enough. Okay. That's how you learn. Try it, learn, change, try it, learn, change. Constant motion constant experimentation and that you have to love that you have to love the discomfort of that you have to love the innovation the fact that you don't know you have to revel in the fact that you don't know and get excited about going to find out go learn which book are you reading right now tom friedman's book thank you for being late is a fantastic book it's really really great and he you know he's got a way of writing that is it's super engaging and it's fun to read but there are some incredibly insightful observations about how fast the business world moves, how fast the world in general moves, and how you have to adjust your mindset to succeed in that environment. It's, it's a really, really good book. It's worth, <laughs> it's worth picking up. It really right. is. It'll, it'll open your eyes. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks a lot for coming to the show.